Be interested in what you're becoming because your greatest potential is living inside us all. That's some of the messages from Adam Woods, the guest on my podcast today. Adam talks openly about his journey, about how Hoffman changed him five years ago, but also the journey he was on to help him become who he is now. We talk about lots of things on this podcast. It's slightly longer than the normal versions we put out because we let the conversation run. But there's so much information packed in there. As a human being, I know you'll learn from it. As a business person, I know you'll learn from it. As a father, a mother, a daughter, a son, you'll learn from it. Because Adam's been on this journey himself and he's helped look at what he needs to do to help him understand what he needs to change. Because as it says on the side of the tin for Hoffman, when you're serious about change, that's the key. So for Adam, he's serious about change. He's made this. And I hope you pick up some of those key nuggets from this conversation. Because in that, I'd love you to listen to the story that he talked about with Michelangelo and how what he found as a sculptor is actually living with all of us. Enjoy the show. And as always, if you have comments or questions, please drop me a note, phil at igneamconsult.com. Or look out for this show and send me a review, send us notes. But also, who else do you think would benefit from this conversation? Because actually, if we can't get out to other people, we can't bring our message to the world. So please feel free to send this to other people to let them know what they can do to reignite their passion, reignite their spark and build themselves. Enjoy the show. So welcome to the Sparks by Ignium podcast. My name is Phil Rose. I'm the host of the Sparks show. And as you know, Sparks is about creating that imagination, rekindling that passion and building that purpose that you have in your business and in your life. And today I'm delighted to welcome back to the show, Adam Woods. Adam and I met in 2016 as part of our Hoffman journey. It was September, as I recall. It was a warm September week when we were excluded from the world by choice, having to put our mobile phones in a bag, taking ourselves away and spending a week in sunny Seaford. Not that we were there to see the sun, we were there to discover ourselves and find out about some of the patterns we've been running in the past. For me, one of those patterns came up in terms of me getting out to do exercise all the time as a way of uh, alleviating other things. But in this show today, I'd like to really talk to Adam and just go deeper than our last conversation about some of the things we went through and made to explore where we've been in this last five years and what we've done with, as a result of that Hoffman journey. So without further ado, I'm welcoming Adam Woods. Adam, as I mentioned before in the last show, was a cameraman. He was a director. He stood behind the camera directing and understanding what things go do. He understood how to set up TV stations. But actually what he does now is help people build their confidence in front of the camera. And more importantly, he helps people tell their story. So I'm hoping in this story now, Adam and I can start to tell our story. And hopefully that will be a benefit to people listening, wherever they are. So Adam, welcome back. Thanks, Phil. I really appreciate you inviting me back and uh, really looking forward to the conversation and, and seeing what evolves from, from uh, our reconnection. Yeah, I think that, and it's interesting what evolves. Because I think, you know, you and I started this conversation. We're, uh, we're a little bit late starting because I said I was, I was a little bit late back because it's Remembrance Day today and I'd been out for a, for a short walk with the dog just to, um, just to get out of the office and remember and, and think. So I, uh, I, was, I found myself in the fields a little bit further away from home and uh, arrived back late. And I apologised to you about that. And you said, don't worry, it's just time. And I thought that's an interesting way to start, maybe, because I was late and I was slightly getting anxious about it, thinking I should be there at quarter past 11. I wasn't. And you said, that's OK. And you used an Eckhart Tolle quote, which I think was really interesting. Can you remember what you said? Well, it's something to do with a relative um, appreciation of what time is. Um, Eckhart Tolle, for those that might not know, wrote this uh, very powerful book. Uh, one of his books called um, The Power of Now. And he talks about the difference between 
clock time, which is our relationship to the time that the world agrees is, you know, now, uh, and the present, the present moment, the now. And uh, his invitation is that in moments when you're waiting or that things aren't happening according to the time you've agreed, you think you want things to happen, is just to appreciate the moment. So actually, you know, whilst I was waiting for you, I was just sitting, relaxing, you know, bringing myself to the present moment um, and uh, to allow things to sort of just be as opposed to being in my head and trying to think my way through and think, oh, Phil's not here, I'm impatient, I'm busy. You know, we live in a, a demanding world where we create lots of agreements to do with time and and to a certain extent pressure we create for ourselves. Um, so the, I've learned a lot. Um, and perhaps Hoffman was part of that kicking off that journey was eight days where you had no connection with the outside world, uh, given beautiful food and being this beautiful environment in order to get to know yourself better. And I think, you know, all of us have an opportunity to do that because, story and the level of which we're evolving our stories probably in relationship to the amount of time we give ourselves to really understand who we are and what our story is and, and where we're going in 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 the world i think that's interesting you use that word evolving our stories and we'll come back to storytelling in a little while but i think it's about evolving it you know i um I, me, me and you are, are of similar age we've been through a different journey but actually the the key to being on Hoffman was actually our journey was irrelevant to other people because it was our own personal journey. And I think the, the key is that you, when we're evolving our stories, we we grow up with our story about who we are, what we do and how we fit in the world. And that key there about appreciating the present, because actually what got us to this point, I always use the word as Marshall Goldsmith said, won't get you there. His book, What Got You Here, Won't Get You There, is I think one of the key bits around just helping understand what is it that we need to do differently from this moment onwards to change the way we want to perceive the future. It may not be anything, but actually it's just reflecting on, has what I've had in the past served? Yeah, I think there's something really interesting in that. I remember meeting someone at a conference around that time, and I probably was talking about something I'd done in the past, and I'd collected all my titles in my business of vice president of this and executive creative director of that. And and he said, oh, I'm not that, I'm not so much interested in what you've done, I'm interested in who you are. And that really, it really, connected deeply with me and and at Hoffman I came into this uh, for those that don't know Hoffman process is a, a, a sort of residential um, when you're serious about change is their sort of moniker and it's a it's a sort of deep reflection retreat time to get to know yourself and let go of parts of you that haven't been maybe serving you and um, there's a lot of exercise and experiential things you go through rituals um, and this point about what I discovered is I was carrying lots of bags around behind me in my rucksack, sort of weights of of jobs I'd done, expectations I had, roles that I was playing. And what a lot of them were doing was weighing me down from the past and not allowing me to be who I am in the present and being flexible and playful to who I'm becoming. Um, and being quite a shy person and and quite a private person, being with these strangers for eight days, I, I found myself starting to relax and become more present and be more playful so that when I came out of that process and, and went back into the world, as it were, um, I was able to start being and practicing being more present to who I was becoming. Um, I think for a lot of us in business, you know, that the, there can be an expectation that we either have around our business or around what we think about 
of work is that it's a label and there's an expectation of our responsibility or our pride or our experience that we're holding this sort of image or the story of who we should be and actually you know Eckhart Tolle again which has got an amazing um quote um he says sometimes letting things go is an act of far greater power than defending or hanging on um and I I found that I had to let go of a lot of the ways I was doing things in order that I could create some space to just refresh and re begin again. Yeah, do you know, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? That letting things go is a far greater power. I think there's a really interesting thing there. I just want to come back on a couple of other things you talked about, actually, because you've just, you've, you've just given me loads of food for thought just in talking. And, uh, and often with these podcasts, we, we go off track because of things that come up like that. And I just want to, I want to connect two stories together. And, and yesterday I mentioned to you, Adam, that I was recording a podcast with Jackie Jarvis and she just completed, completed her sixth Camino trail, having walked 3,500 kilometers plus in the last six years on those trails. And one of the stories she tells, which really resonates when you resonates with it when you're talking there, was she said when she walked on that first Camino six years ago, she took her enormous rucksack full of all her worldly possessions. And she suddenly found it was frustrating her. So one day she threw a rucksack down on the floor and realized that burden on her back was part of the problem. So she came to the next village, she started giving things away including the bucket she had taken with her because she thought she needed to fold it bucket bucket so she got things away and she so over this last six years she now takes less and less and she now purposely books flights where you can't take more than hand luggage she goes she was away for a two weeks walk with a small hand luggage and the key bit she said there is all this stuff was wearing me down this baggage from the past and I think there's a really interesting parallel in having had two podcast recordings within two days in that conversation about what's the stuff on our back that we're shouldering that actually we don't need to shoulder but we carry on with it. and and fast forward that there's some bits there about letting go so i love that piece that connection you're making there around letting go of stuff and sometimes we don't know what we're holding on to sometimes we don't recognize the pain or perhaps the grief or the difficulty it's creating in our lives until say you work with a coach or your difficulties get to a certain extent for me i had to reach certain crises in my life in order to kind of realize that the pain of trying to hold on to who i was was far you know was was creating more difficulty in my life than if I needed to let go. So it required me to kind of almost have a crisis in order to start to realize how to let go. And, and one of the things I do in my coaching now is hopefully help people before that point of crisis to gently and um, assertively in some way point out, you know, their potential or who they're becoming or maybe unconscious habits or things or behaviors that perhaps are getting in the way of who they more naturally are more instinctually are more heartfelt are and you know i think running a business is a you know is, is an incredible journey um for me particularly i've just started really uh running my own business in the last two years and it's really forced me to confront a lot of my habits and beliefs because I am my business and, and there's a way in which, you know, my identity is wrapped up with that of my business. And so for me, I think the invitation is always to uh, lean into the discomfort sometimes of things when they're not going well, there can be a great lesson in that. And the challenge is when things are not going well, is of course, all our defense mechanisms come off and we, you know, we go into defense mode. We, like you were saying, exercise, we, we get busy, we distract, we 
deflect on other people we blame other people then actually the invitation is to kind of go inside and go okay this is interesting this is like stirring up something in the pot <laughs> what's what's the lesson here there's, there's great lessons in in difficulty and i think it's really interesting you talk about being a business owner and you know you're you're relatively new to it in a sense because you you made some choices during the pandemic when it started and you told me last time in that story about you know your your work in your your previous role dropped off a cliff literally in terms of the, that work dried up so you had to transform and you you went from being uh, and i love this and maybe it's my my description rather than yours but being behind the camera to being in front of the camera and noticing the vulnerability of being in front of the camera and to me that's there's a real interesting metaphor there about when you then start your own business because you know you you you're you're running your business and I come back to the fact that most people know technically how to do what they do. You're brilliant at directing people and helping them do what they do. And you've spent a lot of time learning how to do that. And not a lot of people know how to run a business because they're not taught how to run a business. That's not what the people do. They just have this technical ability. And some people choose not to learn how to do that. They just find their way forward, find a way through it. Others go out their way, and you mentioned about coaching, and find someone to carry them on that journey, to go with them, walk alongside them. And, and it reminds me of that phrase, which I would say, you know, success leads clues. And if you follow those clues, you can do the same as other people. And I think that's the same as this Hoffman journey. It's actually reflecting on what is it I need to do differently? How do I, how do I confront my habits and beliefs that aren't helping me, that are hindering me in my way of building my business? Because often our identity gets tied up in, I'm a business person. I do this. And then I, it always reminds me of that, that phrase, you know, this, this is who I am. But, you know, the, the be, do, have rather than have, do, be. What's the key that we want to, to, to bring out to our business around if you wanted to be something different, what would you need to do right now to change? Mm, that's, a, that's a great invitation. And I think to your point about, you know, I knew like probably three years, I mean, after Hoffman, so that's five years ago. So probably like a year or so after that, I started realizing that the way I was doing business. I was flying around the world making commercials and short films for CNN and and, and different uh, organizations. And whilst I loved the creative challenge of it, and you know maybe some glamour attached to flying around the world and and doing these these working with some really interesting people, I realized that the gloss or the glamour of it was actually hiding um, a sense of I wouldn't say well let's call it dis-ease i wasn't in mm. flow and that and, and so what i what i needed what i did was pay attention start to pay more attention to my feelings and to how to why these things weren't working for me and, and i guess that was a form of letting go it's like so if i'm not getting as much joy out of doing this than i used to what's mm. the invitation here so it was a slow process for me and i realized that the bit that i loved in what i was doing was when I was with someone and the camera was on them and we might, you know, it might be a big film crew and lights and stuff, but there was a really intimate connection between me behind the camera and the person in front of the camera and creating an, a moment that was captured on film where there was a sort of breakthrough and emotional catharsis. And, and that's partly why sometimes we go to the cinema or the theaters that storytelling mm -hmm. and, and sharing kind of open heartedly who we are and what we do creates a really energetic effect on the audience and i think we've all been to shows or you know maybe with musicals or with opera but different they take us they take us on a journey and and, and actually just someone telling their own story is a form of theater and so i found that was the bit that i really loved and so the question then was how can i do more of that without having to fly around the world with the film crew and yeah, and that's yeah. what led me into coaching and and, and using the camera <laughs> 
as a means to unlock, in this case, confidence, but in some ways, just someone's story. So they're able to share more of who they authentically are, all warts, all fears, mm -hmm. all fully expressed. And there's something very powerful when you do that, 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 that actually there's a weight can be lifted off. And sometimes when I'm working with clients and we recognize that there's a part of us we've kept hidden and then we, f we yeah. explore that, you know, and that can take guts and courage. Yeah. But once it's explored, once we're aware, you can't then become unaware and it creates yeah. that catharsis, which I think can help unfold, you know, a new chapter or a new sense of, and I think the challenge for me as a coach is to always remain open to what will evolve and be present in the moment. Like we are now, you know, we're not scripted. This is just happening, you know. It's a conversation. <laughs> Who knows how this is going to go? Yeah. So, and, and it's interesting. You, 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 you always stimulate ideas in my head as you, and we're talking. And there's a, you know, and just think about some of the things. And there's such a such a relationship in terms of that exploring that hidden side. And you mentioned about you know once you're aware of something, and it reminds me of the Oliver Wendell Holmes quote about the mind once expand can never go back to its original state. And I think once you become aware of something, you just have that in your awareness. It's out there. And I think that's one of the things that for me, Hoffman did was just make me aware. And we often talk in Hoffman terms about patterns. And one of the things around Hoffman is, you know, identifying those patterns. And I, for, for, for those who won't be able to see me, I'm holding up to Adam now a little, little thing, which I still carry on my desk, which is the Hoffman tools card, which I still have. And it talks to me about some of the tools that we should be aware of. And one of the keys I see around is we often forget it's very easy to get carried away in the strip, the stream of doing things and, and forget about the things that are important to us. And I think that's one of the things that Hoffman does. It makes you just reflect on where you are and be really present to those thoughts, but also then remembering to do things. We talked about the, the quadrinity was one of the things that Hoffman talks about um, in terms of you know, balancing your emotions with your intellect, with your physical and with your spiritual side, those four things coming into balance. And when you were talking there about your journey and telling your story, you mentioned about theatre. To me, there's something there. Good theatre or good films, they connect with your intellect, but they really connect at your emotional level. And they generate something, some emotion physically in you. You get that sensation. But also there's some spiritual side that often goes with them as well. We maybe don't think about that in some films or theatre. But if you looked at those four things, how they come together, I think that's, that's what tells a good story. So if you can get people in front of your camera to bring out that, the thinking side, the feeling side, the emotional side, and the spiritual side, I think you can really connect with people's essence at heart. Yeah, I think it's a lot about energy and, and um, there's a lot about energy work that we are all energy and that um, our subconscious is working at a, a far deeper and faster and more profound way than our conscious mind. So it's not just the words we're saying or the pictures we're painting. It's, it's our whole energy, our whole, our whole space, the whole way we express ourselves. And also just in silence. There was one um, exercise I did. I have this free community called the Camera Confidence Club where business owners can come and practice. It's, it's free and it's safe, supportive place for people to practice bringing themselves to the camera. And we did a week where everyone just came on camera and just did nothing and just just sat there and live or on video and said nothing and just you know looked at the camera and felt being looked at and it was very powerful that silence and people commented on like what it made them feel people looking at each other's videos and lives how how what i saw in you without any words very very powerful so there's a sense of being fully expressed and i think something i want to touch on about what you've talked about 
and the Wendell Jones quote is that there's far greater potential living inside of us than we you know possibly could even see and understand and perhaps understanding is the wrong thing to say is just realize um i love this piece i was thinking about this us talking today and um i was reminded about this lovely um powerful quote by michelangelo the great sculptor and artist and he says the sculpture is already complete within the marble block before i start my work it's already there i just have to chisel away the superfluous material and what i love about potential envisioning is that there's there's a far greater potential alive in us right now and part of the process of realizing that is to cut away the superfluous material and that's part of what i love doing in coaching but also you know a lot of other uh, ways in which we can bring that potential and and through our business you know what what is our what is our business's story have we ever stopped to think about what that is because you know what someone joining your business did they really understand the story of your business and that really powerful piece when you're onboarding new members into the organization it's like do they really understand the story where have you come from what's your origin story maybe what's your hero journey what's your vision um and and how you can energetically bring that to life film is a great way of doing that um not the only way but it's a great way of kind of embodying that vision so that people get a real sense of ah this is an organization that really knows where it's going and understands where it's come from and i think particularly um younger you know younger people joining the workforce these days are looking for organizations to belong to that feel that they're they're really being cared for and looked after um so i think you know if you're not doing that in your business and you're looking to expand to really think about how you can convey that to people coming to join you i think that's a really powerful thing isn't it and i i i think you're right trying to get that that cultural essence of what it is um i, I was talking with someone recently and it, it's always close to my heart around this word culture but also linking culture to purpose um i'm I, i'm really passionate about making sure businesses have a purpose at heart whatever that purpose is be it be it an environmental purpose or a social purpose or a community purpose, but actually doing something that means something to people. And you get people, you know, we always use this phrase, willingly on your bus. Mm. And to get willing on your bus, you have to buy into that culture because mm. you may not like what I'm doing. In that case, you're not fit for our company. It doesn't seem they don't like you. It's just the culture's different. Mm. And that piece there about the, the Michelangelo chiseling away to find the sculpture inside. I think every business owner has that. They have that business in mind. Um, and I come back to the phrase that most business owners don't make money on their first business. It's the second or third, because that's when they find <laughs> an authentic self. They find what really works. And if you can find that, chisel away, you've got this great idea of building something. Once you take it away, you realize actually what you're trying to build, like the peel layer of an onion, it's when you get to the core of the onion, you find out the real essence of your business. And that's the key. I think there's a key thing. I love that second business idea, um, Phil, because there's a real sense of humility in that. And, and it's like this notion of learning from things that don't go well. Um, learning from your mistakes is is the fastest learning process. And and uh, by the way, I, I don't like necessarily, I mean, the word mistake just means you've tried and it's not quite hit the goal. And that's a great learning experience, isn't it? So, you know, you, 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 you miss 100% of the goals you don't actually take. <laughs> I, I love that also from a filmmaker's point of view. Because I'm, I'm not a filmmaker, but you often, you know, take. And actually, if you're mistaking it, it's the, you know, just let's do it again, just get it right. Because actually, what I want as the, as the director behind the camera may be something different to the way you're portraying it. 
the how do I get you to do what's in my head? And that's sometimes really hard if you're being, if you're having someone else pulling your strings. Whereas if you're in front of the camera being authentic, actually maybe there isn't a thing as a mistake. It's just that's what's natural. Well, it, it's a really interesting role as a director. Um, one of um, great director of photographers I worked with said, he said, Adam, it's really, it's had a big crew and it was working in, um, working in Saudi Arabia, actually. Uh, it was a really interesting culture to work in and, and, and quite um, difficult, actually, in some ways. And um, he said, it's really interesting watching you. You're like a psychotherapist. Is there, you know what everyone's doing. You're aware of everyone's kind of needs, but you're not necessarily telling everyone what to do. And I think what's really interesting about the sense of liveness, which I try to bring more and more, and I'm coaching a lot about in November at the moment, about how you bring yourself live on camera, but to your business, is that there's a great deal of uncertainty there. You know, you don't know what's going to go. So like as a director, I prepare really to the nth detail, being a little bit of a perfectionist and a workaholic. I prepare really, really a lot. And then in the moment when the camera's rolling and something's happening, it's just like, it's like, let's just see what happens. So it's a really interesting. And I think I'd love to see that more in, you know, how we bring ourselves to our businesses is that this, for me, this playful side of like, yeah, of course we need to bring our mind and our notions of how we want to structure and, and, and create processes and, and, you know, in order to derive profit. But in the moment when you bring your presence into the business, can you be alive to what's happening in front of you? Because humans are, you know, uncertain energy balls of, <laughs> of, of all kinds of things happening. So if you're, you're paying attention in the moment, a bit like we said at Eckhart Tolle, if you're in the right now and you're connecting, things, amazing things can happen. And also what's really important, people feel listened to. So if you go into a conversation, you have this preconceived idea of what you want out of it, or like a meeting, like, all oh, right, I need these, this is my agenda. And like agendas like this sort of piece of concrete. It's like, no, throw it away. Just see what arises. I mean, have an intention, but don't have an expectation. Let go of the out outcomes and, and see what happens. And, and of course, as a coach, that's exactly the premise that I, as a coach, and many other coaches will have the view, you know, we're here to, to serve the client, to make sure that we can guide you on that journey. But we're not, we're not anchored to your outcome. We're out anchored to, let me phrase that, we're not out, out anchored to our outcome, we're anchored to help you get where you want to go. But what you need from this journey is what you need, not what I need. I need to ask you questions to help you on that journey. So if I sit down with a pre-prescribed agenda, that's my agenda, not yours. Mm, I have a slightly different um, take on this and, and um, I'll just put it out there as slightly piece of provocation. Um, you know, I, I deliberately haven't, this is a bit, you know, heinous perhaps i haven't trained as a coach i deliberately didn't want to kind of create a, a, a kind of mental structure in what i did i want to use all my intuition as what i've learned as a human and as a filmmaker and as a person unlocking and listening and really paying powerful attention to people's stories of unfolding in front of me so that they feel fully expressed and um what i believe happens like we're, we're happening here is we're serving each other at an equal level and uh, and there's a third mind i call it a mastermind which is kind of happening above us or beyond us which is like what when two people get together and really create connection something magnificent or different can happen so in coaching i think yes of course there is the client coach relationship and and therefore you're in a space where you're in it use the word serve, serving another's needs. But I think for me, it's actually co-creation. 
that I bring myself fully into the conversation and I share exactly what's coming up for me in the moment, my truth. And, and so I'm equally invested in that relationship. So it's not a sort of client coach, it's a sort of collaborative opera. And I think in that you can get some, and, and maybe my style of coaching is different from others, but for me, it's like a co-creation. What can the two of us together really working on this, this thing, whatever it is, the issue that we want to work on, how can we bring both our minds in order to evolve something much bigger? Uh, one plus one equals three type of or plus <laughs> yeah and, and and you're right and actually if i think about you know i'm i'm an icf international coaching federation accredited coach and we often use the word well we do use the word co-creation it's about two people there and uh, maybe i'm using the word serving in a in a in a subservient way it's that equal way to look at how can i do it and and the bit that i think really resonates there i love your bit about mastermind because as a coach we hold the mirror up to people to say this is what I'm seeing. And I wonder if other people are seeing the same thing, because if I'm seeing it, maybe you're seeing the same or other people are seeing the same. So how do we then work together to co-create a new direction that might help you and serve you better? Yeah. And I, I also bring myself into that equation. I'm not a, I'm not a sort of uh, a husk. <laughs> I'm a fully embodied human that has their own. So I will create my own relationship to that so that I'm fully open and authentic in the moment you know as a coach i need to be able to w go on that journey go on that camino too yeah 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 and, and this is what, what's really interesting i find with with i work with quite a few coaches about getting them more expressed and more visible and to a certain extent there's sometimes without being generic about it there's sometimes there's a hesitancy about putting themselves out there because it's like it's all about the other person it's saying and it's also about you, you know, that, that you are in this relationship. And for me, it's a, it is a relationship that someone wants to go into with a coach. And therefore, if they can't see who you are and, you know, you're not bringing yourself out there, say, in your marketing on camera, or you're sharing more about your journey, no, no one really knows who you are. And so you can become disembodied. Um, and that's not a criticism. It's just an invitation to explore, you know, being more visible, being more open, being more out there so that people understand a bit more about your values and your beliefs and your your humanness. <laughs> I'm smiling as you say this, Adam, because uh, I've been challenged by a fellow coach to go out on video. And I've committed to Brian Keegan, if you're listening to this, Brian, by next Friday to make my video. And if I if I don't make the video, I'm not going to contribute to his, his charity. And I need to contribute to his charity. So he's challenged me to go out on video because I believe in what he's doing. So, so there's, a, there's open invitation because I'm very good at writing stuff, putting stuff out on various social media, but often I'm hiding behind my writing is what I've realized rather than being visible. So interesting when you say about that, you know, you are in the relationship, be more visible. I think there's something there about going on that journey and being honest and truthful because people believe in you when they trust you. And they, actually the trust comes from that presence of seeing you as opposed to just reading what's on a page. Yeah. And look, you know, we're a massively over-communicated um, society, at least in the West, and, and perhaps I'm speaking just from my own experience, but there's so much material out there. And, you know, if you go to go on Instagram, it's like everyone's putting video out. And so it, my thing isn't like a video is the sort of be all and the end all of it. It's just that when you have a deep-seated message or feeling or experience you want to share, it can be it can be really powerful for you to share that in your own authenticity. And it's, it's really about context, you know, 
if you're doing that on social media, that's a context. It's for me, you know, like a platform like LinkedIn or Facebook is a is a sort of super highway. You're on a motorway. So in a way, your context is like almost like an advertising hoarding. You kind of have to have a pretty simple message that people get in quite a short space of time in order that they come into your ecosystem and then but if someone comes to a webinar or comes to hear you talk or you release a video that's a bit longer and you kind of unwrap things, then that's a different context. There's a different relationship you can have yeah. to how you talk about your story. I like that. It's interesting. So so, so, do you mind if I just switch gears slightly? Because I think you've, you've triggered off a few thoughts for me there around authenticity. And I wonder, could we go back a little bit and just cast our minds back to the, to the Hoffman journey? Because I think that unpacked a whole load of, I can use the word stuff, and we'll explain what that means in a minute. For, for us both. And obviously, um, for those who listened to the first podcast will realize that, you know, Adam and I met because we shared a room in Hoffman and, you know, we didn't know each other before that. We've, we've now had a, a, a journey we've been on over the number of years. And obviously with the pandemic, we haven't seen each other face to face, but we've done video since then, but we used to meet in a, in a little um, uh, coffee and pizza shop, I seem to remember, just off of Regent Street, um, where you were working. Do you remember? Oh yeah, um, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that little coffee shop, which just closed down now, actually. It was like a pizza place. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, so we haven't seen each other, but let's just go back to that Hoffman journey. So there's a whole load of things there that are worth just exploring, I think, if you're willing to have that conversation around what was it about Hoffman and the process that helped you come out to say, this is me and my full, full authenticity, as opposed to standing behind the camera on that previous journey. So there's lots of things going on. Now, obviously realize we haven't prepped that so if that's not appropriate say so oh gosh no there's never anything that isn't inappropriate i, I love the word appropriate because it's like it's sort of like it's permission based and for me it's like i'm all open it, it it's like i mean i have a choice obviously in any moment to share what i want to share but i think um i think so to your answer i think um you know the word authenticity has the word author in it and i think that i was creating or i had been unconsciously creating a story about myself which was not really vital or true to who i am and so i was putting on a front without necessarily seeing it like that so that the process of being in front of other people and and sharing a lot and having a lot of exercise in order that we got rid of maybe attachments to our past um aspects of of, of relationships in our sort of childhood or upbringing so we could see that you know, whatever happened in the past can be left in the past. And there's a process to do that so that we can arrive fully, you know, open to who we could become. And one of the most powerful exercises was sitting up, I think you were in my group, but it was a, say five or six of us. And this is towards the end of it, whilst we created trust, which was the key thing, that everyone gave feedback as to who they could see us being more of. And what they saw of us, what they saw us sort of like now, but what they could see that the glimmers of where that could go and suggestions and how we could bring that to life. And it was really, you know, because that can be quite challenging if you're like I am to a certain extent still quite private. But people giving you direct feedback, what I see in you is, and for me, it was like shy, a businessman, which was fa fascinating actually. I just remembered that. Um, quite English, quite reserved, polite. Um, and yeah, there was sort of, and, and, and the invitation was to have more fun in my life, to go dancing, um, go on dating sites. Cause I was, uh, in a set separating, uh, from a long-term relationship. So the, and they were playful invitation. And so what's this? Oh yeah. You've got your three, for those of you 
I've got one now. I've just picked it off the floor because I want to say this for it. So keep going. I think that, you know, for you, playfulness, go on dating sites, be more of who yeah, you are. dance a bit more, you know. Um, and, and I think, you know, th- what was lovely was that people could see there was something inside of me that wasn't being fully expressed. So I think, uh, and that's still an invitation to me today is to be more alive um, and be playful and joyful. Like our true essence is in joy, I believe, when we're at most uh, fully expressed, we're in full joy. Um, and it's at the highest level of consciousness as well. I mean, this is a sort of the beyond courage and and love. This is is joy uh, at the highest level of consciousness on the map of consciousness. And so, you know, the more we are enjoying ourselves, um, and and I had this thing, and I still have to a certain extent, which is interesting, is that that work should be hard. Work is adult work, and it should be responsible. And notice the shoulds in there, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, the best effects, the best relationships, the best moments I have in my business are when I'm having fun. Yeah. And, and they're in flow because of that. It's just everything starts to work. It, it, it's interesting, isn't it? That thing there. Um, th- th- there's a question I'm going to ask you in a minute around, you know, what have you done with that advice you were given from those peers at the time? So let's come back to that. I mean, I'll just put that thought in your head. But it's interesting, you know, as business people, we often have that, that preconceived idea about what makes a good business, what makes us good business people and that thing about work should be hard you know that the, the, there's always that phrase which people use glibly about you know the only place success becomes comes before work is in the dictionary <laughs> and 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 for me i come back to that still because actually there's something about that that we do have that ingrained in us and um i'm just listening to mm-hmm. a, an audible book i brought by brendan bouchard and he talks in there in high performance habits around um work-life balance and what does that really mean to us? And how do we get that balance? And how do we integrate our work and our life together? Because actually you can have both. Yeah, there's a, the, David White, who I love his poetry, but also he does some some great some books and he does the three marriages. And he talks about our, our marriage to work, our marriage to self and our marriage to another. And he, he, he poo-poos his idea of balance. You know, why should life be in balance? Surely it's about not creating harmony, but creating sort of growth. Um, by the way, it's just a choice of words. And I, but I see that. I mean, I my life was very much out of balance. Um, so yeah, for me, it was about. I think for me, it was about creating a sense of equilibrium, so that I could manage through the massive changes that were going on in my life at the time, so that I could bring myself, you know, more to the present moment and then explore why what the potential could be yeah. and it's you know let's come back to that question you were given some some feedback on that thing there about playfulness and being you know more open with yourself so so five years full fast forwards how's that played out for you and if you you know what's what's gone on for you in that journey with that type of knowledge that you had that you didn't have prior to that week yeah um it's good 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 uh good invitation and uh so one thing that comes up to me is i did eventually i mean after separating from my from my wife of 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 many years and we did that very consciously and and i believe lovingly um was i i I did go on a dating site in my 50s and and i met various people and um fortunately i also had a uh, i was in therapy at the time so every time something didn't go right in my head um i was able to take that and explore that and and really learn that it's all about my stimulus and response so a lot of these old relationship patterns were being stimulated um and uh you know i hope i didn't cause anyone harm but in a way for me it was like the 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 knowledge was in the action 
I needed to put myself out there to learn what I needed to learn. And yeah, I did meet someone and uh, we're now in a very loving and, and, and hopefully, um, I believe, long-term relationship. Um, but I needed to grow through that uncertainty. And my gosh, putting yourself out on a dating platform uh, was one of the biggest challenges. Forget business, that's that's quite, that was quite, um, that is still a journey of bringing ourselves fully um, open. And um, yeah, and I think, you know, I think becoming a single father um, with two boys um, living with me was trying to um, tap more more into them as their age, you know, not be the dad, but to be more playful with them, even though they're teenagers and like dad being playful can be a bit <laughs> can be a bit bonkers, uh, and, you know, to try and manifest more of that uh my open hearted self and that was you know that's that's been a journey as well trying to be less because i think for me parenting one of the things i i learned was that the example is the best form of parenting and i realized you know trying to tell them what to do or guide them and evoke or or have a plan for them or tell them what to do was was doomed for failure and that i had to be a living example of what i could be or so they could see that around them and then take that into their own lives up to them to choose yeah i love that and i love that being the example there and actually if i come back to the words you said just now you talk about love courage and joy in that that i i got this idea of this pyramid of, of hierarchy effectively um what i heard there is you were very courageous you made some decisions you separated from your wife you you took on that responsibility of parenting two boys you went through that separation and then you put yourself out there to go and find some other partner but you went through that journey with therapy in the background um but the bit you talked there is about, you know, you brought your open hearted self. And I just heard that word joy in there in terms of, you know, being courageous, putting myself out there was really, you know, that's a journey of transformation to get from where you were to where you are now. Yeah. Comparing how I was in the Hoffman process, it was, and it's, you know, I, I don't now just you, you telling me that or sharing that has allowed me to see it. And sometimes we don't see what we've become because we're so much, focused on what where we are and where we want to go actually something is useful to go back i journal a lot and go back and look, go oh gosh yeah that's really interesting um, and that can serve not to be in the past and to carry the past with us but just say oh right okay that was i was that you know because we're all potential change we're always changing all our cells and our body are renewing every nine days i think it is or nine weeks or whatever the number is you know we're all potentiality we're all change so the invitation is always to look back at and 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 i believe that it, it, it's like don't regret don't live in the past just bring you know you can start again today you can start your day at any time to bring yourself fully present and then say be interested in what you're becoming that's the fascination of like how can i evolve into something that's that i can't see yet I think this is a really important part of like exercises. Like this morning, I was asked to remind myself of personal peak moments, 20 personal peak moments over my life. What a great question. It forced me to go back over my entire life and think about where, where have I been at my peak? And just by reminding yourself of that could bring you into that energy of like so yeah there's always exercises to to bring ourselves more into the present but also to what we're going to become or how we're going to become and, and i think it's interesting i love your i love your take on reminding and i don't know if you said that purposely but i love the word that reminding um as, as business owners i think you know when i talk about purpose and passion i think sometimes 
business owners need reminding of why they set up the business because they get sucked into this. And at some stage, they, they, have to, they have to cross some chasms on their journey to grow. And, and often there's cliff faces they might approach as well. And they have to go through that to come out the other side. They, you know, on our last conversation, we talked about the hero's journey. And often people don't understand the journey they're on as a business person. And when you look back on those 20 peak moments in your life, you know, I, I think there's some key bits there into also looking at the 20 valleys you had to go through as well to get to where you are now. Because the peaks were the peaks were one part, but what's the what's in the trough that you overcame to come up the other side? And as business owners, often we we get to where we are, whether a new business owner or not, and we'll have been through some tough times. We'll have had some really great times as well. In the good old days, things were great, everything was going smoothly. But then it comes downhill again, everything gets tough customers start complaining problems happen covid happens brexit happens pandemic happens whatever it might be and actually it's how you manage that thought process to come up the next bit yeah i so agree and i think there's a danger sometimes in uh, a need for security um and i think that, that, that the pandemic has has taught for me i've noticed that um living with uncertainty is a, a great blessing that your ability to live in uncertainty is a sense of like being flexible to the moment because nothing is certain as we know apart from one thing um which happens you know well some say at the end but some say it could just be it's a transformation and i love this chinese proverb which is um go to the center of danger for there you will find safety and it it's like it's like li live live passionately live fiercely um what do you want to do with your one wild and precious life i just wrote on my on a, a newsletter or a, uh, an email i sent out to my my clients today um that mary oliver quote you know your one wild and precious life um there's always uncertainty and what danger is whatever we make it want to be but go to the center of what you perhaps are resisting most because there you'll find safety because your ability to handle uncertainty is a true test of how you can then be at home in yourself and just be connected and 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 sort of open to possibility yeah. and, and and i love that right i love your your chinese proverb there go to the center of danger for there you'll find safety uh, i think there's really something in there but what's the what's the vulnerability i need to expose myself to or be exposed to or open up to to enable myself to move forwards and again, if I'm a business owner, I'm often I'm often hiding behind that role that I run the business. I'm the founder of the business. I'm the owner of this. I can't show vulnerability. I have to show leadership. But what if I don't know the way? How do I manage that? How do I how do I go forward to do things differently? And and it reminds me that often my work, I say that I coach in in three areas. I cope coach in the, the content of the business. I coach in the context of the business. But the real change happens in the content and context of the individual, the personal values and beliefs that happen behind all that. Because often these things that happen in the business actually happen for a reason. And it's what the owner, the founder is carrying in their own head that is where the real magic happens to transform that. So that's just something that I think fits in there about how do you find that center of danger? Because in there, for any business, that's where you find safety. That's where you'll be able to grow through to this next stage. It's very much the case. And I remember, um... I heard this gentleman, Ed Milet, who does the Ed Milet show, um, uh, that I, he's got a great energy and he came to talk to a conference the other day and he, he shared something which is, your business will never outgrow your personal identity. Um, and, you know, that that for me is like a true reminder. It's like I constantly have to work on myself um, and with my clients to evolve their sense of self-worth and belief because um, that their self-worth and belief sets the thermostat on their business.
And I love that in terms of that thermostat. That a thermometer tells us the temperature. A thermostat regulates and controls the temperature. And if you've got your thermostat set, set at too high or too low, you won't go above that. You're such an engineer. <laughs> <laughs> I can see the way your mind's working there. It's like, you know, by the way, that's meant the most beautiful way possible. Because, you know, you look at structure and systems, Phil, and it's interesting, you know. And, yeah, yeah. Um, but, it, but it's interesting, I like, you know, your business will never go out of your personal identity. You know, we, we talked about identity earlier in terms of you know, what it is about us and who we are and, and the, the, the things we carry with us. And often that's the identity that we think we have to be. It's all around, you know, our habits and beliefs and values that got us to this point here. But it doesn't have to be that way going forward. We can look at the beliefs and habits and values that are valuable to us, but then examine which of those patterns that aren't serving us. So if we want to progress and move and move on, we just need to evaluate, okay, how's that serving me? Yeah, and, and also really importantly, and this is kind of core to what I coach in, is it's not about us. You know, the, the, what makes our business are customers. So we need to be passionate about our customer experience. So that when we're delivering a message, it only is relevant in the sense it resonates inside the hearts and minds of the people listening to it. So unless you're out with your customers, really understanding them, and really, really going into their where journey, walking in their shoes, um, you know, and great entrepreneurs, I believe, are obsessed with the customer's experience. So, you know, part of what I do with my clients is like the 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 uh, A of camera is audience. It's like, you know, who are they? Who are your ideal clients or your actual clients? And what is it about them, their needs and fears and whatever that you are helping them with that you can really be attuned to it? Because it's not about you. It's your, your, I mean, to your point earlier about service, Phil, it's like, you know, what is my service to the world? What is the message that's coming through me to help the world be a better place or help businesses be better that I can uh, serve? And I, and I love that in that audience. I know last time, for anyone who hasn't listened to the last podcast, Adam talked about his uh, his camera process and actually understanding what's in those six steps there. Because I think there's some key bits there and that that audience around what is it you need to do? How do you understand their needs and put that in place to actually make sure your business then can progress? And I think you know, some of this is about... Um, letting go of our own self-ego to say, what is it I need to do for that other person? Because often the ego gets in the way and we think we know the best for who we're serving, but actually maybe we don't. Maybe we need to look at what we need to serve for them and that will throw up more opportunity for the future. Well, also, I believe in particularly this time we're recording this around COP26 is that, um, that I believe entrepreneurs and business are going to be the biggest influence on the planet beyond governments and leaders because i think the growth of global organizations and the growth of the benefit that organizations can create through innovation and creativity is massive so you know we're on a larger scale now and and i think our planet and our populations need businesses to stand up and create environments and structures products and services that really benefit all that that, that really serve the customer but also the environment um, so who are we not to do that? You know, if we've got that glimmer of idea of how we want to bring our bless our, our service to the world, we need to do it. The, work, yeah. the earth needs us now. I, I, I so agree. And it's, um, it's interesting. Just last Friday, I was having a conversation about ESG companies, environmental, sustainable and governance and how that applies to what you're doing in your business. And to me, that resonates with this word purpose. Let's come back full circle. If you've got a purpose around doing something different, how can you change humanity? How can you change society? How can you change the environment? How you can do something good? Actually, that's the bit that resonates and get people into your business. Because actually, it's only when you connect with people and engage them, you can start to help them scale their systems, scale their thinking, scale their business. And that will help us all grow. 
So I have a different play on ESG, which is engage at the first point, scale for the second point. And actually that will enable us all to grow over time. But if businesses can take the lead in that, that's the fundamental difference. And I love that thinking. Yeah. And often it can be really simple steps, you know, that people get, you know, we can get a bit, it's like our circle of concern can be enormous, but actually our circle of influence is much smaller. And what could the small steps we can do today, both to, to enlarge our vision of where our business can take us, but also the staff that are working with us. If we've got a strong enough why, people will follow us to the ends of the earth. So seeing, you know, seeing that your business has got a wider mission in terms of your community, your environment, and for me, it's the integral models, the integral sense of there's a sort of integral vision on this of like north, south, east, west. And, you know, that's another another conversation, but we're all super connected. So the more we care for the communities and environment around us, um, it's actually quite selfish because it benefits your business <laughs> as well. Yeah, yeah, it does actually. Yeah. In a, in a, in a virtuous circle, effectively. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So, so look, we, we, we said we'd talk for 45 minutes, and I'm sure we've talked for more than that now. So, so in terms of just closing up here, um, I, I'm going to ask you a question here, which is, you know, if you could go back to talk to the younger Adam and give him some advice from, a, from, from this point forward as the 50-plus-year-old the Adam, what's that piece of advice that you would love to say, Adam? This is what you need well, to know. Um, a filmmaker I greatly admire, Steven Spielberg, said it far better than I did, which is um, trust that inner whisper. So my advice to me is like, if you have that intuition of like, you want to try something, just do it. Because if you don't, you'll, you know, you'll, you'll potentially live to regret it. And also probably what holds you back, uh, dear Adam, is your sense of uncertainty or sense of ego or fear that's holding you back from fully expressing yourself so um yeah my invitation would be to always not play safe to always experiment and uh yeah try try things be in full flow yeah i love that what a way to end lovely adam woods thank you it's um it's been a pleasure to talk to you and and i'll ask you a question again you told me the answer last time but if people want to find you where would they go looking oh yeah um well i'm the camera confidence coach so cameraconfidence.co.uk um is my website and you can just drop me a light on there i'm adam woods on linkedin um and on facebook um camera confidence coach and you can check out my free community the camera confidence club those are some of the places you can find me lovely lots of places you're out there and that's the key thing so um, adam it's been a, it's been a fascinating conversation we've been we've meandered through the river of hoffman we've meandered through the uh, the journey of business we've meandered through the the confidence world and i think there's, there's there's so many quotes i've written down here as we're going through that i'll um, i'm going to write these quotes up in the show notes for people to capture them because i think um some of the key bits come out for me and just those, those snippets that you've taken away there and i i think there's there's some that i'll just reflect on for a long time in terms of how do we how do we move ourselves forwards leaving the attachment to the past to enable us to go forwards with all this confidence that we need because actually we can do what we want to do at the end of the day and the bit you said there is there's a greater potential living inside each of us. If only we realize it, like Michelangelo said, actually, what we do is chip, chip away the outside and the beauty will appear in the inside. Yeah, get rid of the stuff that doesn't serve you, all the stuff that's uh, unnecessary. Elimination of the unnecessary. I love that. Adam, thank you. Pleasure to talk to you as always. Thank you. Thank you, Phil. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as I've enjoyed recording it. This is just one of the great conversations I've had the privilege of being part of since I started recording the Sparks Baconian podcast. So please, go back and listen to some of the others. There's some great content in there for some great contributors. And also, 
while you're at it please leave a review of this show with your comments because that helps other people like you find this content and we want to bring about the change that we really know matters to people it helps us grow and also think about what actions you want to take because there's no point just listening passively we want you to pick it up and do something with it so what are the three key things you want to do i can't hold you accountable but if you want to drop me a note phil at igniumconsult.com we're always keen to listen to what you have to say and actually introduce guests to us that you think will bring relevance to other people we wish you well give us a call let us know what you think give us a review thank you